For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. We're back here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you for joining us. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, ready to break down everything Auburn football because uh, the Tigers got another win. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know that a very big one is looming this weekend. So Jason and I are going to talk all about it. And then we have a guest to join in on the conversation. One of Jason's former teammates, Dontarius Thomas, is going to join us toward the latter end of the episode to uh, reminisce a little bit with Jay about that 2003 Capital One Bowl where they played Penn State. So we're going to get into all of the action, but first a word from our sponsors. Our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. You can sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com and get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to PlayActionPools.com, sign up for the contest, Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick them and if you plan your own football contest go to playactionpools.com today they've got survivor pick them as well as a cool sports book style concept called build your bankroll and of course bet online back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season and as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and they're going to give you a 100% welcome bonus. So double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And finally, Balance 7. Like we have discussed on this podcast, 
former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain. Apparently, he's going to try out for Pau Gasol's team, a little uh, reunion. Anyone remember the Lakers from that day? Uh, He has been taking a new product that he owes the credit to, and that is Balance 7, which is a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements, but in liquid form. You can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. And that bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel the pH balancing drink go to work. So again, that's balance7.com. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Well, now that we got all the business out of the way, Jason, let's talk some Auburn football coming off another win down in Jordan-Hare Stadium. An expected win, but a win nonetheless. We're going to recap that, and then we will get into it, everybody. Penn State is looming. A very big matchup indeed happening this week. But real quickly, let's go ahead and talk about this past week, what you liked, what concerned you, as the Tigers took down Alabama State a whopping 62-0. to And certainly, that's an impressive win, a shutout, a lot of offense, clearly. You put up 62 points. But that doesn't necessarily tell the story of the first half because uh, they got off to a sloppy start. Yeah, Taylor, while you was in Baton Rouge eating gumbo and, you know, and everything <laughs> else, you know, etouffee and, and all that good stuff, you know, I was, you know, at the Auburn game. So, yeah, I will say, you know, kudos to Alabama State Band and Auburn Band for their remembrance of 9-11. I thought they both mm-hmm. did a great job. Um, now, moving on to the game. So, if you came to the first game, which you was there for the first game, and you saw that Auburn didn't really have any penalties. They didn't right. also had barely any false starts. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't turn the ball over. They looked very crisp and very precise and disciplined. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a week later <laughs> in the first half, uh, it looked total opposite. Like, yeah. you know, there were some false starts. There were some, a lot of drop passes. There was some, you know, miscommunications. There was just no turnovers, like things that just don't happen, you know, right. that you, that we saw the first week. And I say this, did it concern me a little bit? Yes. From a perspective of, okay, how you look so much one way a week before to the next way, even in the first half, you look total opposite. That part mm-hmm. concerned me a little bit because maybe I'm going to get them a benefit of that because these are 18 and 22 year old kids. I've said it before and I'm gonna tell you right now they was probably caught looking ahead to Penn State because that's the big game the first game against mm-hmm. Akron they know they got to play that one anyways it's the opening game so kids are just excited to have fans back in the stands okay right. now you fast forward to that and now you're saying to yourself well we got to play Penn State but we know we got to go through this Alabama State game first guys we know we're gonna win this game so from a mental standpoint it's hard to get these 18 22 year old kids to just lock in and say guys this game matters just as much as the game this week matters. Right. And they're looking at you like, yeah, right. You know, but they're, <laughs> yeah. but they're not understanding. It really does because mm-hmm. it's a buildup game. And when you, when I looked at the first half, I'm just like, wow, like, man, we just, I like, I, I don't know what to say where we're at right now, just from the right. standpoint of how opposite we look. But then I, I say this, I'd rather for us to have those mistakes that we had in the first week and the first half of, the, of last week's game, so that you can watch the film in a win and you can correct them because you get right. you get got their attention. 
Yeah. Then rather than us to go to Penn State and make those same mistakes that we made this past week in the first half, you'll lose that game. So right. I'd rather for us to have that chance to correct all that stuff on film, let some of the guys get that out of their system and understand that you got to focus week in and week out. It, it can't be I'm looking ahead. It is a it is a focused thing week in and week out. You're absolutely right. And what I have learned about Harson in the time that I've gotten to work with him so far this season, that kind of stuff will eat away at him. I mean, Bo missed his first two passes, almost ended up with a pick in his first mm-hmm. two passes of the game. There were penalties. There were, I mean, Kalen Newton had a drop that was a guaranteed touchdown. There was a delay of game on fourth down, and they were right. trying to blame it on the noise of the student section. Do you know where you're headed this week? Like you noise cannot be the issue. So uh, that the way they got off to that start, that is something that Harson is not going to stand for. This is a guy who attention to detail is almost his mantra. So I totally agree with you. I think them having that to kind of pick apart this week, uh, better to go ahead and figure it out there. Um, but let's talk about Bo for a second. He was nine for 17, 108 yards, two touchdowns. The first two weeks for Bo, I know I, I talked about, his misses early and it wasn't the best start for him but first two weeks he's at 75 percent completion for his passes 383 yards and five scores with no picks that's a great way to start his season like I've said especially week one when I was there he's got a confidence he's got a calmness out there it, it seems like he's taken to this you know Mike Bobo system the kind of versatility and variety that they're going with how does it translate this week? And I want your input on it because you know the difference in playing at home against an opponent that you are expected to beat. I agree with you. Alabama State, in, a, in matchups like that, every time we talk game plan with schools like Alabama State, it is always to come out and start fast. They know that if they're going to make any kind of waves, it has to be early. And they did that. And honestly, they didn't give up. I mean, yes, the third quarter is when things really exploded, 35 points for this Auburn team. But this Alabama State team had a plan. They came in with the energy that, honestly, Auburn was lacking. And I give them credit there. But there is a substantial difference in playing in your home field early in the season against teams like that and against Akron. And then you have almost a complete 180. You hit the road in an environment like Penn State. Everything changes for you as a quarterback. So talk to me a little bit about what this week is likely like for Bo Nix coming off his first two strong performances, but knowing that there's a very different task at hand this week. Yeah, you think about Alabama State. Alabama State is 45 minutes from Auburn. You know, they're in Montgomery. So you know that you're going to get their best shot. You know, those kids don't come out. They're going to fight hard. And they did that. Like you said, yes, it almost had been an interception on the second pass of the game. You know, we ran a curl route. I'm not sure if the DB just read it well or he beat it or we just, you know, whatever happened there, it just didn't look right. And I think it took us a couple of plays to get ourselves going. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest. We hadn't really played anybody, Taylor. Like, let's be honest. Right. Akron is one in 18. Alabama State, you know, the what happened was supposed to happen. You know, like, let's just face it. So we haven't been challenged yet. And this is going to be our first big test of the season, which is okay with me because the simple fact is you got a chance to get two games out of your way, which I consider in the NFL like preseason games. 
So you get a chance to work on some things. You get a chance to build up, get some guys' confidence going. So do I think they've done the right thing? Yes, they've done the right thing. They've gotten both confidence going. He's got five touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, we got our run game. Tank has had over 100 yards in each game. Hunter has had over 100 yards in each game. Our offensive lineman is feeling pretty good about themselves right now because right. of our rush yards and, you know, and Bowden not really getting sacked. So, you know, there's a confidence thing that comes with getting ready to play in big games. And I think mm -hmm. we go into Penn State with that confidence, no matter because no matter who we played the last two weeks, just based off the numbers alone, sometimes makes these guys feel good. And right. when I think about us going up to Penn State, the only thing that would concern me is, like you said, it's fourth and goal and we get a delay or game penalty. You know, right. that's it's going to be loud on the road. It's always it loud is. on the road. Like it doesn't fear me to go to Penn State, play against Penn State. I know they're up there talking about, oh, you know, come to Penn State. Guys, we play in the SEC. Have you played in the LSU at nighttime? Have right. you played in the right. You know, have yeah. you played in the Iron Bowl? Like this totally. is nothing new. This is more concerning about us being able to handle noise within ourselves because it's been an issue for this football team over the last couple of years. So right. it's not just this season. It has been a problem for us. So we have to understand. So I wait to hold my reserve on how much I feel like Bo has matured from a standpoint of on the road in the hostile environment. Because at home, I feel like he's done what he's supposed to have done. And yeah, I feel totally. like Coach Bobo, has, he, it is a sense of calmness about him and a sense of uh, it's a difference. But mm -hmm. we really can't write the script until we get against some challenging football teams. So true. I, I mean, we've known this coming into the season. You and I have said it so many times on this podcast. The true test is week three. I mean, you take as much positive and sure, some negative from the first two because they're learning lessons as is preseason games, like you said, or scrimmages or what have you. But I mean, there's a substantially different caliber of competition that we are going to be up against. And also you're going from home into a, a pretty loud environment of happy valley so things are going to change very quickly and listen this is a guy in Bo Nix whose very first college game ever was in an NFL stadium on primetime against Oregon who it was a rematch of a national championship I mean this is a guy who has handled big stages and hostile environments I'm not saying that he this is new to him I'm just saying that it has to be the bow that we have seen in the first two weeks with that same confidence, composure, play the same game that you play at home on the road. And, and I'm hopeful that that maturity that the coaching staff says they have seen in him is going to show itself this week. But again, before we get into that, a couple more things I want to highlight from this past week. You mentioned him already, Jarquez Hunter. What a dude. 147 <laughs> yards, including... A record, very impressive, the longest run of Auburn history, 94 yards, I believe, for that touchdown run. Uh, Tank also went for over 100 yards. Sean Shivers was not available in this one. That was actually announced right before game time. Nobody knew that was the case. Have you gotten any word on his status or, or what that was about? I'll say this. I have not gotten any word, but Sean Shivers is a player that we needed this game. Because yeah. he's a guy that can set that tempo. When he runs the ball, he runs bigger than what he looks like. And That's with true. Penn State having big backers and everything, this is a game where he can hide behind those linemen. And then once they see him, it's too late because he's too mm -hmm. quick. 
Yeah, that's very true. I, I'm I'm really hopeful. I have not seen anything, but I hope we have all three of these guys because I think the run game is going to be a major, a, a pivotal point of the game this week, and, and we would need all three of them. Uh, Demetrius Robertson really showed up this week. We talked on last week's episode about these wide receivers still needing to step up and kind of see their identity and, and their presence really being made known out there, and I felt like D-Rob did that this week. Three receptions, 61 yards, three total touchdowns for him. I mean, it felt like in watching him and Bo, you were watching the evolution of a connection that's really going to be consistent this season. Yeah, you talk about Demetrius. You know, Demetrius is a senior. You know, this is a guy that's established. He played at Cal, he played at UGA, and now he's at Auburn. So he's a guy that can kind of help that help that room out a lot in the receiver room. Him and Shedrick Jackson. You know, Shedrick Jackson is a guy that's been at Auburn program, and this is his senior season. So mm-hmm. we was kind of expecting a lot more, you know, Capers and Elijah Cannon coming into the season because we heard so much about them. But right. you can tell that Coach Harson's kind of leaning more with his his senior guys right now, Shedrick Jackson and, and Robertson Demetrius, because he understands the importance of where he's trying to get to. And he understands like Elijah and and, and Caper still need a, just a little bit more tune up. They need a little right. bit more maturing before just kind of taking over the ropes. So he's going to ride those two guys with Demetrius and uh, Shedrick, you know, down the stretch here. Yeah, I, I was impressed by him. And defense and special teams got in on the scoring as well. You love to see that. Would would love to see that again this week. Uh, <laughs> Roger McCreary had an interception. Zacoby McLean, 10 tackles, one tackle for loss, showing out. Uh, and like I said, third quarter, which is really when second team was pretty much in, 35 points in the third quarter. We ran the ball six times for an average of 37 yards per carry, Jeez. 299 total yards on just eight plays. You guys, I mean, they just let it go by that point. The point difference in the first two weeks, 122 points for the Tigers against 10 for their opponents in the first two weeks. And yes, how many times can I say it? The competition you're playing. I get it. But that's what you should do against competition like that. Okay. And if you look around the conference and around college football, Florida State, teams that are supposed to be putting up a 50 point difference in games like this aren't doing it. So I take positive from that. Sue me. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about Penn State because we are going to bring in Dontarius Thomas here in just a little bit. But this is going to be a big one. I mean, and it continues to get bigger the closer we get. Now college game day is going to be in attendance. Like I said, it's the whiteout. But also remember, it's the first one in two years because fans weren't able to be there last year. So one of the great traditions in college football, and it's been gone for a couple years, so there's even more excitement behind it. Um, We'll talk Penn State a little bit. They obviously have two wins as well coming into this one. They're arguably have a stronger one because they took down Wisconsin in week one, just 16 to 10 though. They really struggled to get their offense going in that one. Now they do have a new scheme this year, new coordinator. Um, So they, that was kind of a a work in progress for them. They seem to get it together by week two. Now it was ball state. Take with it what you will 44 to 13. So this is a team, honestly, Jay, when I've been reading up on it and researching, when you're reading about Penn state, it kind of sounds like you're reading about Auburn. You know what I mean? Like there's a new coordinator, a new offensive system. Their run game is one of their strengths. Their defense is lights out, specifically their secondary. They've got some scrappy DBs back there. 
and they've got a quarterback they've given the reins to, but there's some question marks associated with him. I mean, literally, narrative-wise, there are a lot of parallels here. Yeah, yeah, you you look at both of these teams, and like I said, no one really knew what to expect from Auburn, and I think people are still trying to figure out what to expect because, like I said, we won't know until we get into more challenged competition games. But when you think about Penn State, I think the only advantage that they have in this game is the fact that they play Wisconsin first, and Wisconsin is, you know, they're a tough football team, so they've been challenged up to this point. And, and so that's the only thing that I think they have over us. So they've had a chance to hit a little bump in a row, hit some adversity against a really good football team and have to try to mm-hmm. find a way to win. And they found a way to win that Wisconsin game by getting the interception late, late to kind of seal the deal. So that's the only thing But you think about like what you just said, like from a run game standpoint, you play in hostile environments and this has been going on since the beginning of times. So anytime you play on the road, I always say the road team has got to play fast and start yeah. fast because you have got to find some way to just take the crowd out of it. That's sort of always our motto because once you get the, the team, the home team's crowd behind them, they just keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming because even when they're tired, it's that adrenaline rush that keeps you going. And for yeah. us – we're going to have fans there, but you won't be able to hear our fans as much unless we're up 10 to 0, 14 to 0. You just have to start fast in games like this. And how you do that, we have to ride our big guys. We have to ride Tank. We have to ride Showers if he's available, Hunter. So we have to ride these guys. Don't put so much on both shoulders in a hostile environment and just say, oh, we're going to go out here and just throw it around, especially when we know we're still building our receiver our receiver core. So yeah. let's get in short and manageable second downs and third downs so that we can stay on track and stay on schedule and that we can have some control passes early in the games. And then we got a chance to take our shots. And when we take our shots, we have to hit some of them. That's the thing. Right. Because you're only going to get so many opportunities because that safety is going to be sucked up in the box and a linebacker is going to have their eyes because their whole motto is stop the run, stop the run. Make them right. one-dimensional. That's what they're preaching all week. Make them oh, one-dimensional. Yeah. So we have got to understand that if they if they're saying that, we're gonna have some chances to hit some shots over top. We just gotta hit them when we they're have there. To. Exactly. And look, that's gonna be the narrative for them as well, because both of these teams know they're facing very capable secondaries. These quarterbacks are gonna have to fit these into very tight windows because these are athletic secondaries. You've got athletic receivers out there as well, but really these quarterbacks are gonna have to play some on the money because these are secondaries that are going to make you pay if you don't. And you've also got really capable defensive fronts that are going to be prepared to stop the run, both teams. That's what I'm saying. Like when you break this down, there really are so many similarities, even in terms of what you question with these teams. So I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. It's weird to me when reading the articles, it's, it's, this um this feeling with everything that's being written and put out about it that like everything's like automatically leaning toward Penn State and I'm very confused by that I'm like have I missed the point where Auburn's just been completely written off I mean I understand (laughs) what our first two weeks were but how do you not give credit to 122 points to 10 points in your first two weeks and what you've seen star power wise from this team this defense is going to put this defense is going to challenge any team we face including Mm -hmm. Alabama I'm just I'm confused in reading any of our listeners go read some of these articles because it's like everyone is just like already prepared for this to be 
just a, a chance for Penn State to like confirm what everyone already assumes. I'm just sitting here like I know I'm I'm a very proud alum and obviously this is an Auburn podcast, but I also can evaluate sports and I don't understand the narrative here that Auburn is is being undermined so easily, but that is so often the case for Auburn. It was even the case for you guys, Jason, and obviously we're going to talk to Don Terry's about it when he comes in, but you guys were overlooked in that one as well. There was so much talk about Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson, like what all he was going to be able to do against you guys. Their reputation was smash mouth football and, and what they were going to be able to do to you guys. And you come in, play your game, walk away with the W. How, how important is it for that to be the mentality for the guys this week? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the thing, Taylor. Like, let the other team get all the talk. Like, that's fine. Right. Like, as a player and as a team, when we got ready to play Penn State in the in the Capital One Bowl on New Year's Day back in 2003, all the talk was Larry Johnson, the Heisman finalist. Right. You know, what they his 2,000-yard rushing and him going over 200 yards against us. So, you know what? I guys didn't say nothing publicly, but in the locker room and on the practice field, Oh, you best be known that it was it, it was let known it was gonna be a business game. We was gonna make yeah. him make a business decision and 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 whether he wanna be in there or not. And our guys came out with that chip on their shoulder and they held him to 72 yards rushing. And Ronnie had 184 yards rushing. And yeah. all because of we did the opposite. We said we're gonna come in and we're gonna pound the rock. Coach Tubb told me, he said, Look, I know you wanna throw the ball, but this is gonna be one of the game where we're trying to make a we're gonna let them know what it is like to run the football and play great defense. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. So once we got to the game anyway, it was a swirling win. I mean, a swirling yeah. win. I was just like, if you try to throw anything past 10 yards, the ball was ca- – I mean, the wind was catching wow. it. So wow. you couldn't throw anything more than just a slant or a quick out, so like a curl. Yeah. Like it was just that swirling. So, you know, we ended up coming out, man. We established the front up front on defense and offense. And that's what won the football game. We won that game 13 to nine. It's not, it, was, yep. it wasn't a high scoring game. It was a in your face, get down and dirty, pound the rock and play tough nose defense. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. And, uh, and that, I don't see this game being any different. Like I know a lot of people say, Oh, this may be a high scoring game because both of these teams, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like when you think yeah. about, Great defense. When you think about Auburn, yes, we run a different style of defense this year. But look at our linebackers. We got probably the best linebacker tandem in the SEC. And then right. you think about on our back end from a secondary standpoint, like we probably have the deepest secondary in the SEC. So I, I'm not concerned with us on the back end because I watched these first two games. No matter who we play, our defense wasn't letting anyone get behind them. That's a right. good thing. Like they give you some short stuff, but they're not letting you get, they're not trying to get beat deep. So totally, that's telling me in this Penn State game, it's still the same motto. Except for it's going to be right. some guys in that box trying to make them one dimensional because if we can stop yeah. them and make them one dimensional, now it's just man on man who wants it more. And that's what you can ask mm-hmm. for in a game like this. And for us to be praying prime time, ABC, Saturday oh night, gosh. the biggest game uh, probably in college this weekend. What could what more could you ask to make a louder and bigger statement? That's what happened to us yeah. in 04. We went to Tennessee. Tennessee was ranked higher than us. It was a top 10 matchup when we went to Tennessee in Knoxville. It was 7 p.m. Eastern game on ESPN. Everyone's watching. Everyone was talking about what Tennessee was going to do, what Tennessee is going to do. Everybody remember Charles Barkley was there on college game day. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about what Auburn was going to do. But, but Corso and all those guys, they all didn't want to talk about what Tennessee was going to do. 
And what happened? We go out and we thump them. We take the crowd completely out of the game in the first half because we came out with that motto of we know what we got. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. And that's all these guys need to know is they know what they got in that locker room and they just got to go out and show it. Totally. I completely agree with you. And I think even game plan wise, both teams may be kind of approaching this in similar ways. I even think uh, in in the ways that we're going to try and run the football, they're probably going to do the same thing, knowing the front that you're going up against. Now they struggled to run the ball against Wisconsin. They've got some capable backs and a, a good offensive line, but they struggled to get it going on the ground against Wisconsin. Now, they actually have a, you know, a, a competitor that is deemed comparable because it's power five, I guess. I mean, remains to be seen how strong Wisconsin really is to even, you know, evaluate that. But we don't necessarily have one of those. You can't evaluate it the same way. It's apples and oranges to be like, oh, well, we were able to run the ball against Akron and Alabama State and them to say, well, we struggled against the run, but it was Wisconsin. So I get that. But their, uh, their new offensive coordinator, Mike Yurchik, he showed a lot of different looks running the football. You'll see him under center. You've got two back sets. Uh, he really kind of tries to spread it out. They've also got ways to get him out in space. I fully expect we're going to see that. Uh, their quarterback, Sean Clifford, no interception or fumbles so far this season. Very similar uh, storyline to Bo Nix, just in terms of you're not sure what you're going to get from him. They're really hoping that, you know, he's coming into his own and he's settling in, but he's learning a new scheme, as is Bo. Um, But definitely uh, one to watch out for. Linebacker Brandon Smith is also a force to be reckoned with for them. They've got strong Russians as well. Uh, So, again, I I feel like we really need all hands on deck in terms of the run game, but – uh, I would I would lean more towards ours when looking at that one. Uh, their defense has had three interceptions, uh, all from their DBs. Additionally, they have not allowed a single touchdown through the air this season. The longest completion they've allowed has been 28 yards. So this is going to be a fantastic matchup. I mean, yes, I am diehard Auburn, but even just as a college football fan, this is a very compelling matchup and a very um, – well-matched game, I believe. And I think it's going to really set a tone for both teams, regardless of result here, there's going to be something to build off from this kind of matchup because we don't get them all the time. Like this is just the third time ever that Auburn (laughs) has played Penn state. The series is currently tied one and one, obviously you guys winning the last one in Oh three, but we don't get these kind of matchups often, and I I agree it's the most compelling this week. I think Florida Alabama would probably argue with us there, but certainly uh, going to be a big one and imperative that Auburn starts fast, uh, plays a very sound game, blocks out the noise and the hype, and uh, and and really showcases the same thing that we've seen in these first two weeks, just against a different level of competition. So. Uh, I'm certainly hopeful that that's what we're going to see. I want to get your input as well as your teammates on what it took the last time. You've kind of touched on it a little bit, but we are going to bring in Dontarius Thomas to break this one down a little bit more. So without further ado, let's bring him in. All right, Auburn fans. I know you're excited about this one. Jason and I are as well. We are going to talk all about that 0-3 game against Penn State and no one better to join us to talk about it than former Auburn linebacker and a teammate of Jason's. Everyone welcome Dontarius Thomas, War Eagle. War Eagle, how y'all doing? 
DT, glad to have your knucklehead on the show, man. <laughs> uh, you know, wow. we want to give you and Jairus a, a shout out. Tampa Catholic, y'all doing some good things down at the high school in Tampa. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, doing some good things down here. Got a couple of guys that Auburn looking at, so hopefully, you know, Uh-oh. we can kind of stand that way, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Pass the baton. We like to see it. Um <laughs> Well, Don Terrius, we have uh, been diving into this Auburn football team this year, talking about the massive game that is looming this week. But first, let's go back in time a little bit to the year 2003, January 1st, 2003. Actually, Capital One Bowl for you two, playing against Penn State in what was also a very hyped matchup, but there was a lot of hype for Penn State in that year. Uh, Jason and I were talking about it a little bit. So much talk heading into that one about Larry Johnson and what he was going to do and, and the mm-hmm. reputation of, of a smash-mouth <laughs> football team in Penn State. And you guys put your head down and walk away with a 13-9 to win. Jason's already touched a little bit on it, but uh, why don't you take me back to that day? What do you remember about that game and, and the lead-up to it? Um. Well, first of all, I would say let's – for me, I remember the lead up to it. Um, meeting those guys, you know, we kind of interacted on some events with Penn State players, and I just remember they just this kind of cocky, arrogant little attitude, like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, these little Southern guys, you know, they they were some big boys, so they I just felt like yeah. they felt they just was gonna come in and impose their will on us, especially on the uh, on their offense and oppose their will on right. them as a defensive player because, you know, they had Larry Johnson, who was one of the premier running backs coming out that year, supposed to be all this and had all these yards, you know. So we killed – and we just felt like it came a little arrogance from them. Like, you know, they felt yeah. like they wasn't supposed to be there. They were supposed to be in a bigger bowl. And not only it came from the players, but it kind of felt like it came from the head coach as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, so we came in that game with a uh, big chip on our shoulder. Joe Paterno, you know? just say it. Yeah, Joe Paterno. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I won't call his name, but, yeah, you know, uh, I remember <laughs> being in some of the some of the meetings, and, you know, we had a um, – him and Coach Tuberville actually had – I never forget who was all sitting in the audience, and they had, like, a joint, like, kind of press conference deal where they were speaking yeah. about the game and some of the shots he was just saying about, you know, us being country phone boys, it was just kind of rubbed us the wrong uh-uh. way. Yes, very much so. So I know, yeah, we came in. Trust me, as, as defensive player, we came in with the big chip on our shoulder, showing <laughs> like, hey, we're not about to let y'all just um, run over us. You know, we they felt like they was more physical than us, and we want to prove them that we are just as physical. So we came in, uh, like I said, with the chip on our shoulder, ready to hand it to them, and I think we handled that. You know, um, knowing that they was going to try to run. So we, you know, we made the statement that you're not going to run. We limit Larry right. Johnson to one of his lower um, per average yards per game as well as, you know, total yards per game. And, of course, after doing all that, he made all the excuses in the world in the book of why he couldn't get the yards he couldn't get. But yet we had a guy on the, that was on the same field that got the yards that he got, you know. So it was kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. so you're not going to give us credit about being, you know, a good defense. But yet you're going to make excuses about too many timeouts. The field wasn't good enough. The coaches wasn't even called to play good play calls. So, yeah, so, you know, we came in, hyped, ready for the game, and ready to make a statement. You know, it was a statement for us to show that, hey, Auburn is one of the top teams out there too, and we, we had a program to be reckoned with. 
I remember all of that very vividly. And I'm, you know, even though it was 18 years ago, Taylor, uh, you know, we still, Old. Uh, yeah, we still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't say that. laughs> yeah, we still, we still remember it though. So I remember, like I told Taylor earlier in our show, you know, about, you know, running, having 184 yards rushing off 37 carries and, you know, how we end up winning the game by running the ball and playing great defense. And ironically, Penn State was ranked number 10 at that time, and we was ranked 20, I believe, heading into that game. Yeah. Now Auburn's ranked 22 and Penn State's ranked 10. So, weird. you know, it's just weird. Wow. It's crazy how things go back in full circle. So here we are. You go into a hostile environment. And from a defensive standpoint, you know, you played in college, you played in the pros. And – What's the number one thing from a defensive standpoint when you're playing in hostile environments that you have to take away and you need to take away and make it harder on the on the home team offense? Mm-hmm. Um, going into an environment, you know, like you say, it's going to be hostile. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of energy. They're going to be hyped up. Um, but for, for the defensive player, we always was taught to weather the storm. Meaning, like, they're going to take their shots. They might have their breaks, but don't bend, but don't break mentality. Meaning, like, if they get a good play, just try to hold on to your offense to get a, get a, get in there. But um, one thing you gotta like set the tone as a defensive player. Like, hey, we are gonna be just as physical as you, if not more physical. Hopefully, more physical, and that we're gonna run to the ball and be a, a team that's gonna be scrappy and hustle. Um, so it's it's very important for them to keep their confidence level up, even when they make a big play or something like that, or not get too high on themselves when they make a big play. Instead of even playing field and just keep keep listening to your deep coordinator and um everybody try to get to that ball and go in there with a chip on you for this on the shoulder. This is a this is a perfect game for them to set up for the rest of their um season this year to show what type of defense they can they can have and, and are capable of having. If they want to prove something, this is the perfect game of having that. So go in there and just go and just just keep playing, keep fighting. And um, never, never get down to yourself. No matter what happens on the other side of the ball, you control what you can control. And that's by stopping the run. We always talk about stopping the run and, and yeah. just play on the back end. Just be solid on the back end in the passing game. So just stay focused. Things going to happen, but don't get rattled. You can't get rattled in an um, environment like that. You know, they're going to have the whiteout, the crate, the fans are going to be excited and loud. But you can't get routed. You got to stay focused and mentally locked in. Like, this is going to be a long game. And that's what I think they should come in, think about when they um, get ready to hit that field. What would each of you say was the most hostile environment you played in in college? Mm. Ooh. I remember playing at LSU, but it's probably Alabama. Three year. (laughs) Yeah. It was either out of Alabama, you know, we used to beat up on Alabama when we played, so it wasn't really too hostile <laughs> in our era. But um, I would say yeah. the first year, two thousand one, in in LSU, because everybody remember two years before that, I wasn't in Auburn yet, but Tuberville, they went down. To, yes, I agree. Went down to LSU and they smoked those cigars on yeah. LSU's uh, Tiger on the yep. middle of the field. And took all those pictures, so we had to pay for what the ones before yeah. us did. So when we were down two thousand one, everyone remember that's the twenty. That was the uh, same year as nine eleven because we supposed to play huh? in the third game yep, of the season, yep. and that game got pushed to the end of the pushed. season. So when we went down there, they pushed that game to a night game, and it's supposed to have been a two thirty CBS game the third week. 
And oh, man. so we go down at nighttime and we get to the stadium and I remember them rocking our buses. Our bus. Like yeah, I was about to literally was oh rocking our buses. Like they wanted yeah. Tuberville. We want Tub. We want Tub. That's funny. Yeah, they yeah. were trying to charge Tuberville. The, po- the police had to kind of escort him out of there. I remember sitting on the bus <laughs> and we see the crowd kind of rushing in. We're like, what's going on? Yeah, it was that was crazy. That, 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 yeah, they that was trying crazy. to come wow. onto the buses. Like it was mm-hmm. rowdy. Like people that had down that was down there that week that had Auburn things on their cars. Some of their cars was windows was busted out. Oh, like some of them was like yeah, it was really, really, yeah, really, really bad. Like they were trying to find out where we were staying at and everything in our hotels. And I was just like, Ooh. what is going on? Like it was <laughs> like, bad. Yeah, we it were not bad. involved in that, fam. Like <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I think even hearing you guys talk about, you know, the hype and the attitude of Penn State football heading into that matchup in 03, there is kind of that same feeling this week. How challenging, if at all, is it for you to tap into a game of that magnitude and that level given the fact that the first two weeks have been home games against opponents that you were very comfortably ahead with, how do you kind of flip that switch into the gear that they are going to need this week? Um, Speaking for myself, I would just say, you know, we came to Auburn for the program. If you're a competitor and you pride yourself on being a competitor, those kids, they came to Auburn for a reason. And this type mm-hmm. of game and atmosphere is that reason. So to be able to be like, yeah, you had two good games, you played solid, played well, but this is a whole different level. This is what you want to come. You want to come to Auburn to compete for championships. You don't come to Auburn just to just to win a few little games here and there, and then to go on about your business. You come to Auburn to win. And so coming in that mentality, I'm coming. I'm coming there to win. I'm coming there to put my best foot forward and see what where, where I can. Um, uh, compared to the top level programs out there so I think they'll do a good job of like getting getting ready to get fired up because they they realize like hey you know Auburn you know hasn't been one of those programs in the last couple of years they kind of like took a dip as far as being respected especially and not showing in the bowl games and things of that nature mm-hmm. this is a statement game for them to be like hey we're back we're on this so let's get it. Let's right. get going and, and, and turn the page and let's head into a new chapter. The coaches themselves, like this, is a great opportunity for them to showcase what they're going to be putting out for the next however many years that they are at Auburn since they are new there. You know, it's kind of set the mm-hmm. set the trend, set a new tradition of like, hey, we're back, we're ready, we can do this. Let's go out and prove it. Let's not only go out and just make a statement, but let's go out and win this game and play with great ability and great confidence. That's a great point. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, if you're Coach Harson, you got to be pumped. Like, I know he played at Boise State. He coached at Boise State. But let's face it, like, this is another level for him. And yeah. he's a guy that's all about, you know, that tough mindset, that mental toughness. And, in you know, this is why he said he came to Auburn. You know, you look back at his press conference in the SEC day, media days, and he was saying, like, Auburn is like one of those dream jobs for a college coach. Like you get a chance to compete against some of the best at an elite level. And this is that level that he was talking about. And for him, I already know he's going to be pumped. And I already know he's going to have his players ready to play and be pumped. Then this is a game as a coaching staff, you want to win badly. Because if you win this game, you want to talk about getting kids to buy into your program. 
this yeah. is the quickest and the fastest way to get them to buy into That's what you're so trying true. to do. So, you know, this is a this is a critical game for Auburn. Like I said, you know, we play Georgia State after that, and then we dive deep into our SEC schedule. So this is like the big test to measure where we're at before we really hit this home stretch. So, you know, I, I think the guys will be ready to play. And like I said, it's all about how we handle everything from a mature level. And I said this is a great game for Bo to see where his maturity is as a quarterback to this point. And, and like I said, as a coaching staff, you want this one badly. Recruiting. You want to get recruits, and you're coming from yeah. like Coach Harson's coming from the Midwest, pretty much West Coast to the South. Yeah. Like, if you want to get recruits nationally, this is a national this is game. A time to so do it. This yeah. is the type of game that you can showcase, and that's what gets recruits. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Like, they want to be part of programs that's going to be playing elite games on TV, especially with the NIL. They feel like that's another opportunity for them to be showcased. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Incredibly good point. I think that this, like, like you both said, it's a statement game in multiple capacities and it could be a statement for so many guys. I mean, tank Bo, several guys on the defensive side, Harson recruiting. I mean, like it, it really just goes on and on. So real quickly, before we close out, what are a couple keys for each of you uh, that you think will will really pay dividends this week, whether it's a couple guys in particular, an aspect of of scheme, or just mentality. What are what are some keys that uh, you think will show themselves this week? Uh, coming from a defensive side of the ball, I would say the linebackers. You know, being a linebacker myself, yeah. um, I think we have two great linebackers, and they can showcase like and really step up and be um, the leaders of the defense and put themselves in position. To like showcase that they're a leader by, you know, making sure that they're watching the run because Penn State gonna try to run the ball, and yeah. so they're gonna try to be physical. And I think it's up to them to step up and um, set the tone. And so I think it's key that we establish our run stop um, ability. And also, there's been some questions on the on D line uh, that I've been hearing about. You know, some of the things are we as strong as we have been in the past. So this right. is an opportunity for the D line to showcase like, hey, yeah, we may we may or may not be as strong as y'all think we are, but we're gonna show y'all what we are. And um, mm-hmm. so this is a chance for them to step up to the plate and um, put their name out there as well. But overall, um, it's gonna be like I said, they it's just gonna be a long fought game, and they just need to stay focused and stay locked in and don't get rattled or get frustrated when they're making explosive plays because that's gonna happen. You know, they are they are a good team. They are a solid team. It's just how you bounce back from um, a play and move forward. Well, before I ask Taylor what's her keys to the game, mine, I would say, Taylor, is what do our receivers do against their secondary? Yeah. Um, you know, you're in a hospital environment. Everyone talks about how Penn State secondary is, uh, you know, is supposed to be an elite secondary. They get after the ball. So how do Shedra Jackson, how does Demetri Robinson, how do Elijah Capers and, and, I mean, Cannon and Capers and, Javaris Johnson and how do these guys like come and how do they participate in a hostile environment? Like one thing for a receiver is get to the field early, learning the lights. People don't realize this. When you're a receiver and you're a quarterback, when you're playing night games, it's very pitiful that you throw the ball deep up in the air and 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 for the for the receivers to be able to see it because the lighting can have a huge effect on how you judge catching some passes. And so for us being a young receiving core, being in this type of environment, 
I would like to make sure we get off to a fast start. I'd like to see them catch like some short passes and some 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 screens just to get their hands on the ball, just to get get that momentum going. So that would be for me. That's the key point for us is how do our receivers do against their secondary, and you know that factors in Bo as well. How does he right. do? How does he do protecting the football in a hostile environment? Does he keep our offense on schedule? And um, and one thing I forgot to mention, that's a lot of noise going on. USC lost their coach this week. So yeah. you know who name popped up was Coach Franklin at Penn mm-hmm. State. And some of the Penn State people are not too happy about what's going on there. So will that yeah. be a distraction come Saturday's game or not? We shall yeah. see. But Taylor, what are your keys <laughs> to the game? Well, no surprise here coming from me. I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. I think Bo Nix and uh, and Sean Clifford have had very kind of parallel developments. They've had incredibly high performances, and they've had a lot of inconsistency as well. Both of them are in new schemes with new coordinators this year. Which one takes this big stage and this big opportunity and really shows out? Like we've said, Bo has been off to a fantastic start, but he's been at home, which is where he's more productive. He's had more interceptions than touchdowns on the road so far in his career, 10 to 9, a 54.5% completion percentage. If we see the Bo that we have seen in the first two weeks, I think Auburn walks away with the W. Sean Clifford probably feels the same way. I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. I also think defense is going to need to get in on the scoring. Like they have a strong secondary, we do as well. I think if they're able to produce something and get in the end zone that could make the difference so those are my keys thank you both for your keys and thank you Dontarius for being on this today and talking a little bit of uh your glory days with jcam and uh, this <laughs> week as well thank you so much for calling in uh thank you i appreciate you all having me on appreciate it knucklehead war <laughs> <laughs> eagle war eagle war eagle Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.